Hello and welcome to the weekly album anniversary recap show. I like the show. I don't know about that name. Might be a little long. On this show, we're going to look at albums that we celebrated or that I celebrated by posting on social media from February 12th through February 18th. I'm your host, Caleb, or Caleb the Spy, on Twitter and Instagram. And like I said, every day on those social media sites, I post about what I call album anniversaries. It's just the anniversary of the album's release date, if I know it, or just a random day to celebrate a great album. I've been doing this for a couple years with some of my favorite albums, but in the last year, My list of albums has ballooned as I've started to track every album I own, plus a bunch of suggestions from others. So uh, it's just something I do every day, but there's so many albums, it's actually hard to keep up with at times, so I don't write a lot about about it on social media. I don't have enough characters. So I started doing this show as just a chance to talk about music for fun. Uh, Hopefully at some point I can get some uh, guest hosts to come and join me to talk about stuff, but... You know, being every week, it gets a little tricky. I have to turn around stuff fast, and I would have to, you know, plan that out in, a, in advance, and I'm just not always ready to do that. Sometimes on the show, we'll talk about news or other things going on or just things I'm listening to. Mostly, we're here to talk about album anniversaries. So, a couple news items that I did want to talk about is, uh, number one, I, on Saturday night, I went to the PFR show, and it was great. They were absolutely fantastic. They're a Minnesota band. Originally, they were named Pray for Rain. If you're involved in uh, the Christian music scene at all, uh, you know who they are. I, well, you probably know who they are. They were great. It was uh, They've done a couple shows in the last year. Uh, they're doing a new album. Absolutely killer show. They got done, and I thought, that was so much fun. And again, you know, I'm, I'm more into the kind of the heavier stuff, little punk, little ska. But man, Alive, they were great. Absolutely fantastic. If you get a chance to see them, I'd go see them. Uh, It was just a a great set, great show, really, really exciting stuff. The opening act, one of the opening acts, was a band named Mirrors. And this is uh, the current band of a guy named uh, Brian, I'm going to say his last name wrong probably, because you guys know how I am with last names and really names in general. But it's Brian McSweeney, I believe is how you say his last name. And he is the former lead singer of Seven Day Jesus. He's done a couple other projects. Uh, I think he was in another band. He did some solo work. This is his band, Mirrors. They killed it. Absolutely great. Brian's voice is still so powerful. It was amazing. The amount of sound coming from the stage, and you look up there, there was nobody doing background vocals. It's just these guys playing some great music, and Brian's voice just filling the room. Absolutely fantastic. Their stuff is available on Bandcamp. It's on streaming. You should go check it out. Mirrors. It's spelled M-I-I-R-R-O-R-S. If you just do mirrors, you're not going to get it. So again, M-I-I-R-R-O-R-S. Just other things I've been listening to. I'll be honest, I didn't get to everything this week because I really took a deep dive into some ska punk stuff. You know, for me, I have a ska favorites uh, playlist. I've got a punk favorites playlist. I've got a ska and punk favorites playlist. And then I've got a ska slash punk favorites playlist. Uh, That's how intricate I get with some of my playlists. Like, the ska stuff is just ska music. The punk stuff is just punk. Both of those lists together, if I want a little of both. And then I got this ska punk, where it's, you know, most of the ska stuff, but anything that's two-tone or a little too uh, not punk enough, I throw out. And I also add some of those other random bands, like uh, Operation Ivy or 
uh, Rancid, who are, you know, mostly punk, or Goldfinger, who are mostly punk, but have a little bit of ska flair to them, and throw them on there, so... Uh, that's my uh, my playlist setup, and I got going on that because they announced the Denver Ska Festival is going to have Kill Lincoln, Five Iron Frenzy, Less Than Jake, and Goldfinger. I'm super interested in going. I think it's July, uh, June 15th. I'm super interested in going. I uh, will see if it actually happens, but uh, that's a pretty great. Uh, there's other bands too, but really, I would love to see all four of those uh, bands. I've seen uh, I've seen three out of those four. I don't think I've ever seen Goldfinger live, so. That'd be pretty fun to go check out. The other thing I've been, uh, I got some new vinyl this week. I got some stuff from Aaron Sprinkle. I got his uh, most recent album, Certainty, I believe is what it's called. Uh, I don't have notes on it. And uh, Rose Blossom Punch's album, Sorry to Disappoint You. That's the most recent album. I don't think they're going to do any more, although, you know, you never know. Uh, I got those two on vinyl this week, so that was also something that took up my music listening time. So that's five minutes in, and I'm just getting to the first album anniversary not good. Tighten Up Volume 2 is a Trojan Records collection from 1969, so it's celebrating a 55-year anniversary, and I don't know the exact release date for this. I could never really nail it down, so instead, I just celebrated it on a random day in February. Before I go any further, I just realized I'm recording this show super early. I'm on vacation next week, and so we're flying out on a when I'm usually kind of recording. So I'm recording this really early, and I'm recording this kind of at the end of the day. I just got done with work, trying to record. My kids are upstairs walking around, so if there's a whole bunch of extra kind of loud noises throughout the recording, I apologize. I know this is the wrong space to put this. I should edit this into the beginning of the show, but I'm not going to because... I'm not going to. I'm I'm way, way too lazy to do that. All right, so let's talk about Tighten Up Volume 2, this uh, Trojan Records collection. It's a lot of reggae songs. It's mostly reggae or kind of some of those things. There's some ska stuff. There's some dub stuff on there. And, you know, this is a collection of Tro- Trojan Records 7 Inches uh, that had been released in the months before this was released. They were all collected and then put out. And uh, there was a volume one, but this is the one that kind of got a shout out from Don Letts. Don Letts is a famous DJ. He contributed to uh, Big Audio Dynamite. He was, uh, you know, connected with The Clash. They have a uh, collection. It was like a compilation that The Clash put out, and it's Don Letts is on the cover of that. He's kind of known around Britain as just this, you know, reggae guy and and punk guy, and he's kind of involved in a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, I once read an article about his 10 most influential albums for him, and this was on there, so I went and checked it out. Uh, I got it digitally off of Amazon. I think I tried to find a CD of this, and it was crazy expensive. So I just have a digital copy that I got off Amazon. But this is a really... Trojan Records is a really important record company if you're into reggae. If you are into reggae, you're into ska stuff, I, I absolutely think you should take the deep dive into Trojan, Trojan Records because they're they're not as well known as some of the two-tone stuff. They predate the two-tone stuff, but they are part of the history of reggae and ska in a huge way. There's a great documentary out there on Trojan Records and which has a killer soundtrack. Absolutely killer. And I know reggae is not for everybody. 
Uh, but Trojan Records is absolutely great. And anytime I get a chance to talk about them, I will. And so this is one, Tighten Up Volume 2. Uh, the front cover's a little inappropriate, maybe, but uh, I'm willing to go with it. Uh, this is a great record. Uh, so let's talk about some of the reasons maybe you should check it out or the reasons I like it. There's not as many well-known songs on here. So this is some more deep cuts. Again, it was a bunch of seven inches that were released. And so this is a good way to kind of get into some of those deeper cuts and maybe some, you know, lesser known thing things. Uh, like I talked about, the history of Trojan Records is really important for the history of reggae and ska. And, you know, that's that's reason alone to, to check this out. It was back in... I don't know, it was a couple years ago, a little longer, that I I did. I I, I kind of discovered this, this gold mine of Trojan Records stuff, and I went from having a couple songs here and there to having, I think I have over 300 Trojan Records songs, and most of them are for, from collections, I'm not going to lie. I have not gone back and tracked down any 7 inches or different things like that. I have a lot of just kind of random collections that they've released, uh, and there, there's tons of them out there. If you want to find Trojan Records stuff, it's out there. It's available. You may get some uh, cross uh, some crossovers. And what I mean by that is, you know, you may get a, a collection that's got, you know, three of the same songs as another collection you have, but absolutely worth checking out. I'm probably talking about this too long. Sorry. Uh, some some songs to check out. Sufferer by the Kingstonians. Uh, Liquidator by the Harry J. All-Stars. And Pressure Drop by the Maytals. Maytals? I think is how you say it. Uh, again, I'm really good with names. And reggae in, in your jege is particularly fun. So there you go. A little history. And again, that's that's what I like about this. I love being able to go back and look at some of the history. That's what I love. I, I love that part of music probably even more at times than I love, you know, the technical aspect. Because again, I've, I say it every week. I'm not a musician. I can't tell you why technically this song is better than this song or any of that stuff. But I love the history of music. Speaking of the history of music, let's talk about Kick Out the Jams by MC5, which was also released in 1969. I did know the release date for this one. So again, also celebrating a 55-year anniversary. This is a forerunner to punk rock, punk rock in a lot of ways. I think you would classify this as kind of garage rock or stuff like that. You know, again, came out 55 years ago, 1969. Uh, it's been included on a number of the Rolling, Sto Rolling Stone Top 500 list. And again, I don't think that's some sort of Bible for music, but I think it's an interesting look at music. I, I like those top 500 lists because they do. They give you a nice collection of history that, that's a good conversation starter. This album has been included. I think my original introduction to this was the cover that Rage Against the Machine did on their album Renegades. I believe that's the name of that album. So that was probably my introduction to MC5, to be totally honest, was Rage Against the Machine. And, you know, why should you check this out? What do I think? I think it's a classic. At times, I think it's also a little overlooked. I think there's a lot of people that don't kind of see this as as a 
as a classic album. So I think it's interesting for that, from that aspect. If you like that garage rock sound, I would say this is a must listen. If you're into the White Stripes or punk rock at all, I think that's what this is. This is a must listen to go check it out. You don't have to love it. You don't have to own it maybe, but you should definitely at some point go back and check out this album. There's a couple swears in it, be aware. But you know, MC5, kick out the jams, 1969. Two albums by Bomb the Music Industry that I want to talk about. One is Scrambles from 2009, which celebrated a 15-year anniversary. And instead of talking about it later, I'm also going to talk about uh, Album Minus Band from 2006, even though it's not uh, a big anniversary. I'll be really brief on that one. Oh, I'm probably going to be fairly brief on both of these. So that, there you go. Scrambles from 2009 by Bomb the Music Industry. All right, first off, what is Bomb the Music Industry? It was, and I don't have any notes on this. I literally have in my notes, what is Bomb the Music Industry? So Bomb the Music Industry was kind of a music collective. They had a rotating cast of people. There were some consistent folks contributing, but it was very, very, you know, there was kind of people would come and go. Jeff Rosenstock is the mainstay here. He is in all of the albums. He's attached to all of this. This was really his thing with people coming in around him throughout the history. I think there were some people like John who plays bass in his current uh, band I think was there for a lot of this and there's a couple other people who I think were very consistent contributors but it, it really was that it was a D DIY punk band punk ska band hardcore band whatever you want to call it they were all over the place and they were DIY to the nth degree I mean there is a great little documentary on YouTube that you can find about this group absolutely worth checking out. Again, there's going to be a lot of swears in it, but if you're interested in music and you have a flair for this idea of DIY and you do it yourself and support yourself with just the music, worth checking it out. Some things that Bomb used to do, they've always given away all their music for free. Jeff Rosenstock still does that. They used to not sell t-shirts. Instead, you would bring t-shirts to the venue and they would like spray paint them with like stencils and so everybody would get this unique, you know, t-shirt. They used to just have a CD burner, I think, at their booth. And if you brought a CD, they would burn stuff for you. I mean, they were really, really trying to be extremely accessible and make music accessible to everybody, which I have a ton of respect for, even if I could never do it myself because it would freak me out way too much. But that's kind of what Bomb is. This was their fifth album. And uh, yeah, so why should you check this out? Why should you be interested? And I think this is still a lot of the chaos. Bomb the, bomb the music industry at times was total chaos. But on this album, you're starting to see some of that pop sensibility come through a little. It's at the corners, it's behind the scenes, but it's there and it's lurking. And you can start to see, I think in two albums, he would put out, Bomb the music industry would put out Vacation. And Vacation was the transition to Jeff's solo career, which I would argue is a absolutely prolific solo career where he has perfected in a lot of ways the rawness of punk rock with still having a, a pop sensibility and just being truly authentic. I know that is a lot of high praise, but 
I really love his solo career. And Bomb the Music Industry, I don't connect with quite as much. Vacation's really, really good. But there is something romantic about this band in a lot of ways. And I think if you like this this idea of DIY, if you like punk and ska stuff, if you even like hardcore stuff, you need to check this out. You need to check out Bomb. This is a good album to start with. Vacation is as most polished uh, as Bomb the Music Industry, but... This is also a good one to check out with. Um, and, you know, if you like Jeff and you haven't gone back and, you know, fallen into the bomb the music industry hole, it's time. It's time to go do that. One other, again, I mentioned before, one other album, album minus band, which was from 2006. That is their debut. It's solid. It is it is really chaos. If you want to really see them at some of their most chaotic, that is the one to check out as well. I, I, I have, obviously, I... I'm I'm kind of in the bag when it comes to Jeff Rosenstock and all of his stuff, but uh, you know I think album minus band is a landmark in a lot of ways because I think it is it is unique. It is something truly cool. Uh, for Scrambles, I, th- I thought I read that like he allowed himself to spend fifty dollars in making the uh, the album, which again just kind of gets you to what they're doing is they were trying to do this on the cheap, make accessible music. It's worth checking out, and you you know it's become the norm now. That everybody's just making music in their in their living rooms. This is 2006 when th- that debut comes out. 2009 when Scrambles comes out. That is, I think, really unique at the time. Or it's starting to. It's the the forerunner to all these people making music in their living rooms and in their bedrooms. And he's doing it. And again, he's making albums. And he's saying, I don't want to spend more than 50 bucks on making this album. Pretty incredible, in my opinion. All right, those are the albums I really wanted to highlight. There are so many great albums this week. And again, kind of a short week for me. I then this is the second one in a row where I'm recording a little early because we're going on vacation, but it is what it is. Uh, I'm just not going to have time to do this over the weekend. So I'm going a little early. I might miss some sums, some some albums. That's okay. Uh, I said some sums. That's going to be funny because I'm not going to edit this. This is going to be lightly edited. Uh, Caleb in the Raw here right after you, <laughs> Caleb in the Raw. That's gross. Oh, I can't believe I said that out loud. All right, uh, let's talk about, um, let's, <laughs> oh boy, let's talk about Copeland blushing from 2019. So that's the last big one that celebrated an anniversary this week again, five years. Just, I'm not going to go in detail into this, but it, this one's explicit. There's a song on here where he drops the F-bomb or they drop the F-bomb, but yet it was still put out on tooth and nail. Really interesting. I will say again, this stuff's not necessarily my cup of tea. You know, if it, to me, it really sounds a lot like uh, Soup John Stevens. That's that's the closest comparison I can make. And, you know, so if you're into Soup John, I absolutely would endorse you checking out uh, Coop, uh, Copeland. I think they're uh, going to be right up your alley. But if I'm in the mood for something like that, I'm probably just going to go back and listen to Soup John stuff. And uh, this is a great opportunity. Tell me why I'm wrong. Why are they unique from uh, from Soup John Stevens? Uh, it probably is there, and I probably don't get it. Get it. It's the same way. If you told me what's the difference between you know Goaty Hook and Green Day, I I I could probably tell you why I like one over the other, or I I like them in different ways. I'd love to hear it because you know just again it was not really my scene when they kind of came on the scene. And if I'm gonna go back to that kind of indie pop, light indie pop stuff, I'm gonna probably go back to Soup John, who I appreciate. I don't love, but I appreciate. Sometime in 1987, the 77s released their album 77s. 
well-named, well-named. I don't think it's technically called their self-titled. Maybe it is. I feel like they have a couple albums that are 77. Anyway, it's called 77s, and it's actually written out. Their name has two sevens. This is written out 77s. So, again, I, I love listening to these, some of these old uh, CCM ones. At, at the very least, even if I don't love the albums, I love it for the historical thing. And this feels that way. It's 1987. It feels, uh, you know, a little dated, but yet, man, alive, this was ahead of its time. You listen to some of the other stuff coming out in 1987. This is really good. Josh, uh, who, who I interact with on Twitter quite a bit, he thinks the second the second half of the album lags a little. I can see that. I, I think that's a good assessment, but this was really good. So if you like kind of 80s alternative rock and even some into the 90s, you will like this. Go check it out. The 77s, uh, 77s. Aunt Betty's Ford was released sometime in 1996, and this was the self-titled Aunt Betty's Ford. Now, even that name, technically the cover says Aunt Betty's. I think when it was released, it was released as Aunt Betty's and not Aunt Betty's Ford. So there was some controversy about the name. So Aunt Betty's Ford, Aunt Betty's, it can go either way. I think I mentioned it's a it's a Michael Knott album. It's a him and a him and a group, and it was meant to be a little bit more mainstream. And this is good, it, you know. He's there are a couple of moments that have some kind of corny lyrics. Uh, there's some great rock songs on here, though. It also takes some of his solo work and kind of does a new little arrangement to it. Uh, you know, he is his discography is tough, and I think this is another example of what can make his discography tough. Is this has got songs from his solo work that all of a sudden is on this album and what's the difference i don't know but it you know and then the ever-changing name makes it a little tricky but there you go aunt betty's or aunt betty's ford released sometime in 1996 the score by the fugees released in 1996 as well this was their second album it's a great listen look if you like kind of more that alternative hip-hop stuff this is a must listen in my opinion uh, some people would argue that uh, the miseducation of Lauren Hill is better, but this is a this is worth it. This is absolutely worth the time to dig into. Get happy by Elvis Costello and the Attractions. I think, yeah, it's not the Imposters. He's got so many of those. Another guy with some ever-changing names. Anyway, this was his fourth album released in 1980. The Imposter and High Fidelity are great tracks off this. You know, it's not those first three albums. This is the divide, I feel like, although Imperial Bedroom, I think, is still really good. But, uh, you know, if you like Elvis Costello, I'd, I'd put this up there in, you know, that kind of top, you know, towards the top of his discography, uh, Get Happy by Elvis Costello, uh, 1980. Last week, I mentioned that there was a couple artists I spent too much time on. One of them was Elvis Costello. The other was the other one was The Selector, because the albums coming out this week were much better, and that is definitely true of this group. Too Much Pressure released in 1980. I think I had a specific date, although now I'm doubting that. This is their debut. Again, I said it last week. They're one of the more, I think they're the most overlooked two-tone ska band. This and their second album are absolutely great. If you have not gone and checked out Too Much Pressure by The Selector, you need to do that. All right, it's time for me to butcher another name, and it's Los Fabulos Cadillacs. I don't know uh, when that is. I don't even have the date ris ris uh, written down, so this is going to be a real fun review. Look, this is a fun listen. It's kind of got a ska feel. I, it, it falls into my ska category. You could argue it's not. It's kind of Latin jazz, whatever. It's got a strong Latin flair. I think all the words are in Spanish. 
and uh, it's totally worth checking out. 2010 saw the release of Beautiful Things by Gunger. I believe it was their debut, although don't quote me on that. And this is a very pretty album. You know, around 2010, I was kind of going through maybe I want to be into kind of indie artsy stuff and I was kind of trying to check it out and I still can enjoy this album. This goes actually a lot harder in places than I remember, but this is a great album, I think. Just some great arrangements. Uh, I think the vocals on it are really good. This is a a great listen. I... I think this is my favorite album by them. I've listened to a lot of their other stuff, and I think this is the most down-to-earth. I think they go a little too off the deep end on on some of their later stuff. This is the most down-to-earth and grounded stuff by them. Two more from 2010. One is Local Natives, uh, Gorilla Manor. Again, you know, kind of that artsy-fartsy indie stuff that I was kind of trying to get into. And this is one that stuck. This is uh, Stuck? Stuck. It didn't stuck, it stuck. This is pop rock goodness. It's got some really great catchy moments. If you like that indie pop rock sound, yet yeah, this is a must listen, I think. Gorilla Manor from 2010. Uh, one more from 2010 is Ben Rector, Into the Morning. And the nights move forward, don't they just move on? She's on a mission, baby, and she's almost gone. you like pop music this is a great listen you know he's probably classified as a singer songwriter but i think this is more pop than anything else uh the beat is the first album and it is or is the first song and it is great the first three songs are all really good but the beat is so catchy so so catchy it's unbelievable Other albums that just came out this week that I just didn't have a chance to even listen to where there was an album by the Smoking Popes, Brandy Carlisle, Miles Davis, Daniel Amos. I'm not going to go the whole list. Uh, Ones I probably will go back and listen to at some point is uh, Kings of the Limb by Radiohead. Uh, I definitely will check out The Damned. uh, I think it's called The Damned, The Damned, The Damned is the album title. Those are probably the ones I haven't gotten to this week that I will go back and try and listen to. Just again, recording a little early, so didn't get to everything. I still filled the time, so, you know, what are you going to do? That's really everything I want to talk about from the week of February 12th through February 18th. And next week is going to be a real interesting week. Again, I'm on vacation, and so I don't know how much of this I'll I'll get to listen to, but I will say it, next week is when the album anniversaries just take off. And here here's some of the albums that I'm going to post about throughout the next week, because they're already all set up, uh, so I'll be posting while I'm on vacation, because I try and set them up ahead of time, but Dinosaur Jr., Kirk Franklin, Mike uh, Doty, originally from Soul Coughing, The Hold Steady, some British ska compilations, Audio Adrenaline and Newsboys, both huge albums that came out on the same day in sometime in 1996, Uh, Take Me to Your Leader and In Bloom. So from the CCM side, those are big ones. Not celebrating big anniversaries, so that'll uh, wait for another time, but pretty amazing that those came out on the same day 
1996. I probably have that date wrong or the year wrong because I'm not looking at it in front of me. Two albums by the Chinkies. One of them is a split EP with the Lawrence Arms. Absolutely great. Uh, Amberlynn, more from Elvis Costello. He has so many albums here in January and February that were released. It's kind of funny. Extol, one of my favorite albums by Justin McRoberts, The Menzingers, John Gibson, uh, Broken Cedars, another album by Radiohead, Brooks Ritter. I think this is a more pretty unknown one. Dread Pirates, uh, Dread Pirate Roberts has an album. It was just a real short one. I think it's just a single, really, with another song. Uh, I'll be posting about that. Led Zeppelin, Matt Keenery, Hippocampus, Citizens, The Abrupters, Tear for Fears, and then here's some of the crazy big ones that uh, that happened. In 2003, uh, there's a, so this isn't uh, big, big anniversaries, but in 2003, May, Soul Embrace, and Switchfoot all released albums on the same day in 2003. And then February 23rd has a whole random collection of stuff. So Johnny Cash, Andrew Bell, the last Electrico Acoustic Space Jazz and Percussion Ensemble. Trust me, it's worth checking out. Alkaline Trio, Justin McRoberts, Vance Joy, and Turnstile all have albums that celebrate an anniversary on February 23rd. I think it's a lot from 2018 and a lot from 2010. Pretty crazy that all those fall on the same day, but let's talk about some of these big ones. And again, this is so crazy to me. So some of the big ones, The Smiths, uh, an album from 1984, I believe it's their self-titled. That one is uh, kind of celebrating a big anniversary. And then February 24th, 2004, Blindside, Falling Up, Cutlass, and Starflyer 59, all released albums on that day, all celebrating a 20-year anniversary. I'm There's no way I'm going to be able to get to all these on the show, because listen to February 23rd. Now, this is over a couple years, but February 23rd. Michael W. Smith released an album in 1984. I believe it was Michael, Michael W. Smith 2. So there's a great CCM, a classic CCM album. 1994, you've got an album from Skank and Pickle. 1999, February 23rd, 1999. And again, think about all the ones I just listed for February 23rd. Johnny Cash, Andrew Bell, Alkaline Trio, Justin McRoberts. Those are not ones that are celebrating big anniversaries. But 1999... Uh, to, uh, February 23rd, 1999, the Supertones Chase the Sun comes out. Jimmy World's Clarity, I think, comes out. Uh, Sonic Sonic Flood has an album, and uh, Sleater Kinney has an album, all released on the same day in 1999. Those are all really interesting albums to talk about. I- I'm not going to be able to talk about all of them on the show next week, but think about that day. Pretty crazy. And you know, that runs the gamut, right? You got a Sky album, you got a Worship album, you got kind of an alternative punk rock album, and then you got kind of that emo flair with Jimmy Eat World. What a, what an interesting day. And then you throw in the other days, you know, 1984 and 1984, Michael W. Smith and Skank and Pickle. That's a huge day. I, uh, I just don't know when I'm going to record next week. Next week's show could be a really off the cuff because I'll be uh, we'll getting home and I'm, I'm not bringing my equipment uh, on vacation. Uh, so it'll be an interesting week next week. The show it could be a show that I, I there's so many albums I could talk about next week, but uh, I'm just not going to be able to. So we'll see what the show turns into. Um, uh, I apologize in advance. One I know for sure I'm going to talk about is probably the Skank and Pickle and the Supertones because, again, I got that ska, uh, that ska bug in me. But, I, you know, I really want to talk about, you know, Falling Up. They're a band that I've been interest, in, introduced to only in the last year. And Starflyer 59, I know that's a, I think it's the Silver Album. Uh, you, people would know more. No, it's not. There's no way it is. 2004. I don't know which one it is. I apologize. But, you know, that's a band that everybody loves. I'd love to kind of deep dive into that. I don't think Cutlass is going to be for me, and I don't think Blindside is, but... You know, I'd love to talk about Jimmy Eat World's Clarity. Just again, I think that kind of 
you know, that's a that's a great album. And, you know, I, I go back and forth on Jimmy World, but uh, those first three or four albums I, I can really dig. Actually, they're not even their first three or four because Clarity is a lot of people think it's their debut. I think it's their third might even be their fourth album because they had a bunch before that. Anyway, I'm totally off the rails at this point. Next week is going to be huge for posts. So follow me on, on social media. If you want to see these, uh, you know, kind of these posts come out and you want to talk about the albums uh, there, uh, that one, that might be the show next week is me just going through these posts and reading people's comments because uh, I just I just don't know if I'm going to be able to, to you know, have enough time to put into a script to, to get things set up. We'll see. All right, that's it for the show. Uh, thanks so much for for hanging on and listening here. Uh, the music music that you hear at the beginning and in the end of the show, and at uh, little bumper points throughout the uh, show, is the instrumental version of "Sing It Out at Street Level" by Peg and the Rejected. Again, like I say every week, that's members of the Dingies. They have a bunch of different incarnations, and that's their incarnation that's focused solely on ska songs. And I really like them. Go check out the Dingies. Go check out Peg and the Rejected. Uh, thank you so much for joining me this week. Let me know what you think. What did I get right? What did I get wrong? You know, what were your favorites from this last week? I, I can't talk about everything, so I'm always interested to know uh, what people dug this mo- the most from uh, this week. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Caleb the Spy with no spaces. I'm also on Instagram at Caleb the Spy with underscores. You can email me at Caleb the Spy Podcast at gmail.com. No spaces or underscores in that. And if there are albums that should be on my calendar because they are worth celebrating, please let me know. I'll do my best to get them on the calendar. I miss sometimes. I'm sorry. Please subscribe and share the podcast. If you're so inclined, leave a rating or review. I've heard that is an effective way in spreading the word about podcasts. And let me tell you, I'd love to have the word spread. I I really love doing this. Uh, I'm working on another podcast as well, but this is the one that I get really excited about. I'm not going to lie. It's still the music stuff. I love talking about it, even if it's just talking to me Mm, for no reason at all. Anyway, most of all, thanks for you engaged with me at all on social media. Like I say, it It takes me a lot of time to set up these posts, even just the basics, just collecting an image, finding out the information, making sure I got it semi-accurate and semi-spelled correctly. It takes me some time. So I love when people respond. I love when people ask questions, even if I don't get to them all. I even like when people say why they don't like something. That's fine. I know I always ask the question, what do you appreciate about the album? I'm interested in hearing what you don't appreciate as well. But, you know, just trying to keep that positive spin on things. All right, that's it. Thanks again for listening to any or all of this show. Thanks so much if you check this out at all. I, I, I really love talking music. And if you want to be on the show, let me know. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out and we'll make it work. If you want to be on the show, come join me. Nobody made it to this part, so, you know, it feels like it's a thing I can throw out. I should really throw this at the beginning because I bet you most people listen for 45 seconds and go, man, I hate this guy, and then hang up. So, uh, you know, that's fair. All right, talk to you next week. 